For NFT newbies and OGs in Web3 alike, welcome to the Women in Web3 podcast sponsored by Well Recruiting. I'm your host, Carly Long, and I'm super excited to help break down the barriers to entry in the space and introduce you to some leaders who are doing truly amazing things. So let's dive in. Welcome to Women in Web 3. Today we have Steph McDermott from Sweet joining us. Steph, it's awesome to chat with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in the space and feel free to dive into how you got here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Carly. This is great. So yeah, I'm Steph. I work at Sweet. We are bringing brands into Web 3. So I get to work with brands all day as a program strategy and delivery manager um, I work with the projects themselves and making sure they're deployed and developed, but I also get to dive into brands and talk to them about what their goals are, what their roadmap looks like. So we're not doing rug pulls. We're not here for that. What's your roadmap? What's your long-term goals? And I get to really work with them as a brand as a whole. I love that. Uh, this is kind of diving into it very soon. I have, I have more foundational questions, but I'm very curious. <laughs> you mentioned roadmap, yeah. especially with big brands, which I, I want you to dive into all the cool projects that you're doing. But given the current market and how we've been seeing just what has happened in crypto and Web3 over the last several months, is anyone really sticking to the roadmap? How often do you change the roadmap plans? What does that look like? Yeah. So that, I mean, those are conversations I have every day, right? Like the market, should we be doing this? Yes. Continue keep doing it. Um, I'm always convincing people like, it's not that much different than the stock market or the housing market. Things ebb, things flow. Um, we change all the time, right? So I'm always saying, yes, we can pivot just because you have a roadmap. I know Web3 DGen style, we're always like, this was the roadmap. It is staked out to this. This is how we have to keep it. I don't think so. Not on my time, right? Let's do things that the market needs, people want, your community wants, because that's where the basis is, right? So if your community hates your roadmap halfway through, why wouldn't you want to change it? Like if there's things that are happening in the market, why wouldn't you want to add that to your roadmap? So yeah, change it. Heck yeah. That's a great idea. Is anyone doing kind of like build a roadmap with us? type deal where the community like they have a little bit of runway and then the community kind of helps decide what's next maybe uh, from like a number of things yeah and so i think with what i do with brands it does happen right because a lot of times these web2 communities are trying it out they're testing the waters which is smart right they're putting lots of money into this but they want to build it for the community a lot of the programs that i work on we ask them you know what are your goals in this and i would say probably none of them have said revenue. We're here just to make money. Um, I think Sweet wouldn't care to work with clients like that. We want to build these cool programs. Um, so a lot of people are you know, trying to make these roadmaps, listen to their community. And as people get more excited, they add to the roadmap, right? So we'll do it block by block. Okay, what's this first phase? What's the second phase? Um, I know a lot of communities do do that. Like 10% sales, we release this. And so it is like testing the water and saying, okay, we have 50% buy-in. Now, what do you want to do? Like, it's not on our time. It's the community's time, which is really exciting. For brands who, you know, come into it, they see the big community picture of Web3, and that's their main driver rather than the revenue model. How do they make enough revenue off of NFT projects to keep going throughout their entire roadmap? Or what have you seen there it do do you advise that someone who wants to do an nft project also have some sort of 
sustainable, ongoing, like business model that's backing it to make ongoing money instead of just like one sellout mint that happens. And then you have to use that for forever. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think these depend on your goals, right? If you want to do a sellout mint or if it's art driven, sure, that's okay. Uh, But if you look at a lot of web three like communities that have created brands like dead fellows, for example, right? They're just diving into having these brands, these like marketing budgets now, and they're moving into actual community based branding, which is very interesting because they're saying, Hey, you like Wrangler? Let's do this. Choose your own adventure. You like ledger? Let's partner with them. Um, So I think it is very much, you can have big budget, working with big brands. And I get the luxury of that, which is fun. A lot of these brands have marketing budgets. They have budgets to play around and build their communities. They say, hey, how do we bring people in? I'm saying, well, how do you already bring your community in? Great. Now let's bring them to Web3. But if you don't have the budget, it doesn't mean don't release your project, right? It, like, let's use this as a building block and a foundation. And then we get into this growth of bigger brands and bigger money. And then eventually we're all rich and it's great. Do you help them with bringing their community to web three and if so has that been hard because i mean you you know you mentioned the dgens of web three that is just one of like a million terms that are are in this space and i feel like a lot of even just the lingo like that is is a barrier yes it's a hundred percent a barrier right and i think that's this early adoption that we have going on We think a little bit different than some people, but the thing that I always remind our clients is these are normal people. It is not like a new planet that we all live on. It's still normal people. We still are on earth. We still have the human consciousness, right? So it is, let's talk about your community first. You already have, these brands have millions of people who love them. Let's talk about them first and then let's cater to them. Then from there, we can bring in new people because you're sparking interest for this Web3 community. So I always say, like, let's backtrack a little bit. Like, let's not just focus on these mysterious DGen people. They're people. They, they still buy clothes. They still go on websites. Like, it's not that big and scary. Like, it's not this new frontier. It is very much a new technological frontier, but it's still human-based. So, like, backtracking a little bit, let's talk about your community. Let's grow your community, not let's make a new community. We're not reinventing the wheel here. I like that. So, working within their community, do you feel like education and explaining Web3 is important or, like, the user interface and experience. So it feels like you don't even have to learn something new. Is is there one that's more important or do they kind of go hand in hand with like the deployments that you guys are doing? So um, build a bear, for example, or was that Swarovski? Swarovski. Swarovski crystals. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Was that build a bear or their kind of community? And then how did you get them to even want to buy an NFT? Yeah, so it's very tricky, right? So some communities um, like Build-A-Bear, they're very much a e-commerce community, right? This is not a community of super high tech. So we did have to learn to speak their language just as they learned to speak our language. So with Suite, it's an easy onboarding, which is really exciting. It's click a link, scan a QR code. Your wallet is created very quickly. You don't have to, you know, take a picture of your ID, give your social security number, give your arm, give your leg. It's very much you create it and then it's fiat payments. So someone can just use their credit card. 
Um, no one has to, you know, dump Ethereum or Polygon into their wallet. They can just use their card and they can purchase. So it's this easy onboarding that is really exciting and important. And I think that's why brands really enjoy it too, because we don't have to teach their audience, though it is good to teach their audience, right? So Old Navy, we did an influencer marketing campaign and they had this um, person on Instagram explaining Web3 and explaining why it's exciting to like just spark that interest a little bit more. So the additional education, super helpful. It's a beautiful thing. Is it needed? Not 100%. Um, it's kind of tricking them into Web3, right? They think they're just buying something, but instead they're buying an NFC and you're here now. And then we continue to market and we continue to add on to that. And then we continue to add to their roadmaps like we talked about. So now that you have this token, great. Let's learn more about the next token, especially Build-A-Bear. It's like a three-phase three approach. We did this big Swarovski bear first. Then we did an auction of five silver bears. And then we have a generative series coming out next week. That is incredible. So people stay tuned for the generative series. Yep. But I'm I'm curious now with these programs and feel free if you want to highlight different projects that you've done. When people get an NFT, whatever they want to call it, a digital asset, a token, a collectible with these big brands, what are some of the utilities that you have put in place? Yeah. So that's one thing that we always harp on is we don't want it to be a rug pull. Like we tell them front and center, what are we giving your community to keep them interested? We are not doing this because they want a new PFP, right? They don't care about that. They want things. They want IRL components. So Build-A-Bear, we, um, the Swarovski bear, you got a physical Swarovski bear. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was a digital twin. Um, the silver bear auctions were also digital twin, twins, but you also got a brick in their plaza in your name. So you got, you know, immortalized forever. Um, you also got early access to things. You got early access to their IRL um, fashion line. So you got to see a sneak peek. Um, with the generative series, there are discounts associated. So if you're a holder, you get discounts. There are certain traits that if you have it when you reveal, because it is going to be a randomized, um, if you have a certain trait when you reveal, you get a bigger discount. Um, there's just certain things tied to certain traits that we're really excited about. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on there. With Kia, I did a program. Um, it was on the national program where a QR code was on a TV commercial. Um, it was their old commercial reimagined with the Dask characters. So we had the skeletons and it was like thousands of tokens that were just Kia tokens, but there was a hundred Dask characters. So we brought in like this Web3 DGen community and you also got a really slick NFT, which was exciting. Um, old Navy, we took their traditional Fourth um, of July flag t-shirts. And if you got one of their PFPs, you also got a, a free t-shirt. So we're able to kind of, Again, use what you're already doing, but bring it into Web3. There's, we're not trying to make it tough. We're taking your community and bringing them on in. I love that. In order to be able to even understand everything about a successful NFT launch and how to build community with it and how to like sustain it with utility... Yeah. Where did you start? I want to go like back to the beginning. Normally I ask this like one of the first questions, <laughs> but how did you find out about Web3 and decide like, okay, this is the future or maybe you weren't sure and you were just like, oh, I'm going to like dip my toe in. But what, what was your story? Yeah. Are we ever really sure? I think we're also dipping our toe in, but at the same time, like cannonballing at the same time, right? Yes. Um, for me, I started with like an art collection background. My grandfather was an art collector. So I was always into that. 
Um, and then I moved into like comic book collecting and like geeky stuff like that. Um, till eventually, you know, saw art come out as a new digital form of collection. It's a new digital form of this is mine now, but we pay the artists forever, which is really, really exciting. Um, so prior to Sweet, I worked at Enclue, which is an AR, VR, XR platform uh, where you can create different metaverses. Uh, you can create these spaces that are super immersive and then it's compatible for any device, which was really fun. Um, from there, we had an in-house NFT art gallery called Verse Immersive, which is currently, I believe, in Denver and San Francisco. Um, you can go check that out. It's really fun. Um, and we worked with some really cool artists to bring an augmented reality version of an NFT gallery, like a Mona gallery or an on-cyber gallery, except it's real. You put on a HoloLens from Microsoft and you walk around and you can see the different pieces, scan QR codes, and you can buy pieces. And we really made this really cool curated experience that's still going today. So from there, I was just like, Web3's it. It's where I want to be. It's really fun space. So I dove fully in and came over to Sweet, and I'm working with brands to do what they want to do. It sounds like the IRL, or for people who don't know the acronym, in real life components are kind of essential to what you guys do. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where a project can just be about like, digital assets and digital worlds like the metaverses and and people will go for that or have you seen that already i mean i think the yeah why not right i just think it'll take time to get there and i think we are still bridging that gap people need to see stuff and touch stuff right so they can buy things digitally that's fine no different than buying stock right if you go to the stock market you're not getting part of a building or part of a company. So I think we just need to get there. We just need to convince people that it's normal. And I think that shift of seeing NFTs turn more into digital collectibles is seeing that normalized shift. We're making it easier to digest. We're making it easier for people to just be in this space. And so I think these experiences, like with Enclu and Verse Immersive, you're able to touch things and immerse yourself to fully understand it. To then eventually you want to buy that piece of art because you saw it in real life, but it might be somewhere else now. A lot of museums are doing that now. It's bringing, bridging this gap and we're just doing our best to get there. Do you see that any one industry is kind of adopting Web3 faster than the others? It seems like your clients from like Kia, Automotive, Old Navy, Retail, Build-A-Bear, kind of more younger e-commerce focused, like they're all so different. Or is there a lot of like trend lines and through lines that you're seeing across the board in all different industries? Yeah, not at all. I think this is completely any vertical, anyone can use it. And I think that's like innovative tech in general, right? We have people that are surgeons working with AR. We have people that are teachers working with AR. We have you know, fantasy and fun versions of AR, or we have NFTs that are tokens. We have NFTs that can be like based on, you know, human centered, uh, like paperworks and stuff, contracts. Um, it's always going to be different things on the blockchain. And I think that's really exciting. Like it's not just for fun. And I think that's something we're pushing past is it's not just entertainment. It's not just art based. It can be your car title. It can be your medical records. It can be your house. Someone in South Carolina bought a house. That's so wild to me. Um, I think it's just bridging this gap and normalizing what we could do with it and kind of just accepting we could do anything with it, which is really exciting. It feels like the brands you work with and the way that you're using it is very fun. 
So yeah. I'm curious, do the brands come to you guys with ideas or I kind of like, can you tell me the behind the scenes? I'm picturing like a writer's room, like before yes. going on SNL, how do they come up with this, these like hilarious new lines? And so like with web three and like the really cool, fun, imaginative ways that you guys are thinking like, Hey, let's do this or let's try this. Do you just sit around and brainstorm or like, how do you guys come up with how to apply them in different ways and be like, let's stud a bear with diamonds? <laughs> yes. Yes. So we um, have what we call the, the mad scientist lab. It is literally a thing. Um, our Slack channels are as chaotic as you would think they are. Um, any news comes through, we're just throwing things in. Any crazy ideas we have, we're like, hey, did you see so-and-so to did this? Well, what if we did it for this person? So it's a mix of 50-50. Some brands come in, they say, hey, we want it to be just like a token game experience, or we want it to be a membership. Great, great idea. And we work with them to kind of finesse it and finalize it. Um, some clients come to us and say, listen, you are the professionals, and we just take it and run. Um, we have people that are on the innovation team. Um, our, hold on, what's his name? I don't know his title. I don't know what his title is. But we have a guy named Steve Wall, and he does our innovation stuff. And he's constantly thinking of crazy things to do. Um, we are able to bring crazy ideas to the table and tiered systems too. Like, do you want to dive in full first force? Do you want to sit here and try it out a little bit? And that's okay, too. Um, so yeah, we bring the ideas, they bring the ideas. And we kind of just like add a little spice on top. Yeah. Dip the toe or do the cannonball? That is the question. Yeah. Yes, it's always <laughs> I, the question. It goes back to the like risk and the risk of adversity that I feel like is tied to crypto and Web three and trying new tech. Um, yeah. Have you? Did you ever feel that? And how did you kind of like work with that? having your entire career be in this space did you ever feel like well maybe this won't pay off or have those that fud the fear uncertainty and doubt yeah i mean there's always fear and if and if you say there's no fear whatsoever i know it's in there somewhere um and i think that's something that we talk to our clients about too there is risk this is new this is a risk it will happen um but we need that trust just like i trust my company every day i have full trust in the leadership i think it's an awesome product um and yeah i have fear i'm a i have a family to support i have myself to support um but it's it's okay it's something that's exciting and it's new and imagine us in 25 years right like it's going to continue this is something that is inevitable i want to be riding the wave i don't want to sit and watch it happen i'm very excited to be here whether it's a risk or not with that have you learned any personal insights or takeaways from being in this space and facing those fears or have you just been like pushed in any direction to grow where you're like oh I never thought I could do that. Yeah, I think one thing that I've noticed in this space in particular, and it's great for the podcast, being a woman is completely normalized. Like it is a, a safer place than a lot of tech is. We are equally as heard and we can be equally as loud, which is exciting. Um, I love that it's a even playing field for anyone who is a little underrepresented. Like we can be here, we are taking up space and it's respected and it's listened to. Um, I love being able to go in a room and hear everyone talking and everyone throwing out the crazy ideas. I want every single person in the Slack channel to be heard. Um, and it, it's really exciting because it's really, really there. It's really relevant and it's a really great place to be. Um, personally, I've just grown in my voice, which is exciting. Um, 
yeah, I think growth happens every day and it's a great place to be. I would echo that growth is constant in this space and change. And I like that point. That's something I drive home when talking about Web3 in recruiting, the leveling of the playing field. So no matter who you are, I have a PR background. I'm more of a creative. I like in the beginning, never thought I would understand NFTs or blockchain. I still like don't understand the depth of it, but if yeah. you just take the time to learn little bits and like yes. immerse yourself and like work hard to learn about it, you can be here and build and carve out your own path, no matter yep. your background. So I love yep. that and, takeaway. Yeah. And we're all here for that same goal too, right? Like we have these really awesome, there's this one person named Devin on our team and she's the coolest blockchain developer ever. I'm not a developer. I'll never be a developer over my head 100%. But when she speaks, I listen, like I absorb that. And everyone knows that like, we all are listening, we're all absorbing. There's no bad idea here. And that's super true. Like we all don't know what five years is going to look like, could be this person's idea, could be that person's idea. And it's really great to be in a space where that thrives. Like, let's just re rehide, put PFPs up, no more doxing, you don't need to be seen, you can be who you want to be. Um, you can hide behind whatever picture you want to hide behind. And it's okay, because it's an even playing field, like you're saying, which is great. I love that. On the topic of ideas. Last question I have is what is like, the craziest idea that has come out of that mad scientist lab, because I really want to just be a fly on that wall? Or what is an idea that you're bringing to fruition right now and you're really, really excited to see through. I'll give you two options because I always kind of like throw these at people and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> so okay. either one. Crazy ideas. Let's do crazy ideas because we do get okay. them. Um, and this one came from Andrew Klein. So he works with me. He is a great mad scientist. Um, and we were talking about these just ever-changing PFPs, right? So something would change through time. It was for a watch brand that we were talking to. And the um, NFT would change and ebb and flow and you could screenshot it and have your own NFT from there. So it would continuously change, continuously move through AI um, until eventually you found something that you wanted your watch face to look like and maybe mint it. Um, And so just this really cool idea of like stopping time and being able to choose what you want and just the ever changing, like what's gonna pop in there next? Some sparkles or some fire, who knows what it could have been. So yeah, we've had just some crazy cool ideas. And that again, I'm not one of the mad scientists. I like to be in there and put, peeping around, but I love absorbing that info. They're smart, smart people, and I love it. Oh, yeah, and the way that they're incorporating AI and, like, multiple technologies and what is is fascinating. Yes. So for people who want to keep an eye on what comes out of the lab and what Sweet is up to next and what you are personally doing, uh, where should they go on social? What links? We will drop them all in the show notes, but you can spell them out. Yeah, sure thing. So all of our socials are sweet. We got them. The handle at sweet, um, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Uh, I'm squish bug on all that jazz. So it'll just be squish x bug. Um, and then you can check out our website and just follow along because we're working with some cool brands and 2023 is going to be huge. That's for sure. Awesome. Stay tuned, everyone. Steph, thanks so much for joining us today. It was so fun chatting with you. Thanks so much. <laughs>